So Kaushik, I think the first thing that a lot of people, you know, want to ask you, you have managed thousands of folks, thousands of engineers, AI specialists, analytics folks. When you look at them, when, when you look at, you know, hiring them, what do you think was something special these guys were doing, girls were doing, when they were 18 or 19, in their first year of college? What is that one common thing you see in most successful people in your organization that they were following when they were young? Uh, so it's a, it's a single word. Uh, it's called hunger. And it can be for, uh, you know, uh, the skill that we are honing in. It can be for uh, the information, it can be for whatever we are doing, but as long as that hunger is out there and that changes over a period of time. Uh, when I started, the hunger had a different definition. Uh, now, after like almost uh, 24 years, it has got a different uh, meaning. But then uh, over a period, uh, that stays on. That's the fire that propels you. Uh, when you start at 18, 19 or 20, the hunger is for uh, how can I make a difference? Because at the end of the day, uh, whatever skill we are talking about, whatever uh, discipline we are talking about, whatever stream we are talking about, it's all about being differentiated. Uh, being differentiated from the group, uh, giving others a reason for connecting with you. And I think that's where I would pin it down, the hunger. So Kaushik, when you talk about hunger, let's say I am an 18-year-old guy, 19-year-old girl. I am studying. I am studying in Jain University via Future Engineering, I have the best faculty on this planet. I'm studying things like AI, data engineering, and many such things. So I would think in my head, ki, chalo, I'm not doing a com basic computer science, or I'm not doing what the rest of the audience, or what, what my friends or my relatives would have done. So what more should I do? Malab, extra kya kar sakta what, what do you think about that? It's an interesting question, Raghav, because uh, you know, if I look back, uh, you know, in our days, we didn't have much options, uh, right? So uh, today we have a lot of options of thinking, you know, uh, even exploring different avenues beyond. Mare uh, it was just about whether you go to, you know, ITJE, which I could not, uh, I could not make it. And then uh, my father was a, a civil service officer, so he wanted me to become an IAS, uh, which I went, I could not, uh, and then uh, tried different avenues. But I think uh, uh, just understanding, and today we have the opportunity of uh, exploring if we can marry the passion with what I'm doing. Like if I love traveling, and I'm sure uh, many of us here love traveling. So if I love traveling, uh, and if I can make a career out of it, it's possible. If I love food, uh, blogging, and if I want to make a career out of it, it's possible. Now, there are a lot of other things that can happen out of it, right? And, and that kind of comes in the periphery. But first thing, again, one of the things that I was talking about hunger, right? So it kind of propels you to identify what is that you want to do. Now, for the first three, four years, it might not be the way you want it, but you still need to have that vision for yourself. And then what you work around is, you know, arranging the means and ways of getting there. What helps through your education is making you equipped to have those skill sets, those resources within you, around you, look for you, so that when an opportunity comes, or when you are shaping up an opportunity, uh, you are able to grab it, or you able to understand whether it's for you or it's not for you. But it's very important to very clearly know, uh, these are the things that I would like to do. Uh, it's very important to know, these are the things that I will do, and these are the things I will not do, right? Uh, 
few things from your academic life will tell you that, okay, I've studied these, so these are the uh, probably no-brainer entry point for me. Uh, I've studied computers, I've studied quantified sciences, I've studied commerce, so uh, probably I can start here. Of course, you can start there and start there, uh, learn, stay hungry to learn new things. First three, four years, invest in your learning, building up the foundation, uh, because it's a long journey. So I think first few years I would uh, encourage invest in building the foundation of what uh, your version after 10 years would look like. I think very well said Kaushik and a lot of us here, right, we are thinking that, you know, one day we want to be like someone like Kaushik, managing thousands of people, working in a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar organization, you know, having all the best cars, best house in the world. I think that's all, all we think of. But now... One question that a lot of us are worried about is, can we also have fun in college? For To be someone like you, did someone like you have fun in college? And if you did, explain what you did in college, man. How can we sort of learn from that? With this group, I don't know if we want to go there, but... Uh, so, so there are two versions of this. Tell me, uh, what, what, tell me what, which, which one you guys want to uh, know. There is a very uh, cushioned uh, version, which is more for, you know, uh, talking in, in general, and there is a very candid version. So which one do you want to know? Candid. I think, nice candid. So uh, this was, again, just my first year of uh, post-grad. Uh, in my grad, I was a no one, like uh, just kind of mugged up stuff and did. Were you like a nerd kind of person? No, no, no. I was never. I was more uh, sporty. Uh, cricket was life. Uh, studies came in like number three or number four. Uh, cricket what, was life. What was number one? Cricket. Cricket. Uh, grad me cricket. Uh, but then when I uh, met someone who I married later, that oh. became number one. Uh, you met someone in college. Of course. Uh, so <laughs> right. So so that that became Very number one. So, uh, I, I'll take us back to a time when, and I still remember, this was about uh, April, uh, right. in my first year, uh, Presidency College, Calcutta. Today it's an university, but uh, that time it used to be under Calcutta University. I was uh, summoned by the dean because my attendance was uh, 2% in the whole year. What were you doing? Like, where were you? Uh, number one and number two. So, that time number one <laughs> was, uh, you know, uh, dating, of course, and then number two was uh, cricket. You're giving a very bad example to people. Yeah, I'm, that's why I said, you know, <laughs> you guys choose what you want to hear because this is reality. Right. Uh, when I look back, you know, uh, the learning out of that was whatever you do, uh, see, both are important. Uh, you know, uh, you cannot be in one place and think about the other space. If you are studying, even if it's for half an hour, even if, if it is an hour, be in that hour. Uh, if you are investing time somewhere else following your passion, uh, be there. Don't think about kikal exam hai yaar, maine wo nahi padha hai, dekin wo baad mein hai. I think uh, it's all about being authentic to yourself mm. because uh, I was talking about the hunger, right? We will we'll stick to that. Uh, as long as you are authentic to yourself, that fire continues to burn, right? Uh, whenever you are investing time, effort, resources, your mind, uh, I think time is the biggest capital. Uh, be in that space, give your 100% into it. If you feel this is not going to add value to me and I'm not going to stick with this for long, uh, probably that's the point where you decide, okay, do I need to invest my time in it? But a lot of people are confused about focus, right? Like right now you said you were playing cricket, you were dating someone, you did well also in college. So what focus I think, you know, uh, we came out, uh, my uh, post-graduation, so I did my post-graduation in genetics and molecular biology. Uh, wow, what is that? Uh, that's for uh, another podcast session. Uh, we'll reserve that. But I'm sure uh, the folks here would, uh, would know. So uh, genetics uh, continues to still remain a personal passion. 
Uh, and at some point after uh, 20 years of uh, you know, corporate journey, I'm still able to uh, identify certain aspects of Darwin's postulates with uh, you know, the way we approach uh, managing or strategizing things and go through difficult situations. It's, it's very, very similar, very, very elementary, uh, but we'll keep it stored for another session, right? Sure. Uh, but the, what I was saying is uh, it's important to identify uh, where you would focus because focus is not doing one thing for a long time. Focus is being able to absorb uh, the maximum out of where you're investing your time. So if I'm sitting and, and doing things for half an hour, and if I'm able to absorb it and I'm deeply uh, connected with it, I'm deeply able to invest in it, uh, that's where I think you know uh, you will get the maximum results. Uh, we can still sit with our, in front of our computers, in front of our iPads, and uh, look at something, but think of something else. So that's really not using time. So Kaushik, for most of the folks here, the one thing that is sort of in their head the most is their first job. Again, Abhi, these guys are in their first year of college. But some what in their head is ki, how will I get that first job and what should that first job look like? So tell us a bit about your first job. How much were you earning in that? And how did sort of, what is your advice to them about the first job? Uh, interesting question. First job, how much I was earning? Uh, I started off as a, a call center agent. It was in uh, Delhi, Gurgaon. Uh, and I clearly remember my take home uh, for my first paycheck was 9,716 rupees. Wow. Right. Uh, this was in 2001. Uh, so I think learning a lot. And, and just I said that, you know, uh, I was, I post-graded in uh, genetics and molecular biology. So that didn't happen for whatever reasons. And if you guys remember, we spoke about a term called change as I walked in. So life will throw you many aspects where you have to encounter change. Uh, you said, you know, that uh, many of us here would dream of having a, a dream first job. It may or may not happen. Does the world end if it does not happen, right? Uh, does the road stop there? And how do you continue to motivate yourself to get to that space where you can still come around and do things which you wanted to? My first job was as a call center agent where I had to unlearn uh, whatever I had learned in college. Uh, they are two different planets, you know, Presidency College, Genetics and Molecular Biology, aspiring for, uh, you know, higher studies, academics, going to MIT, that didn't happen. Coming into a corporate life, for me, the whole corporate setup was new. Uh, I couldn't think of this setup because, again, coming from a, a family which was more, uh, you know, kind of public sector administrative, so it was very new for me. And uh, then um, coming and you know, seeing this, this whole setup, uh, getting used to talk to people who are in a different time zone, different country, understanding the business, understanding uh, what they used to call soft skills. And I have a problem with the word soft, but then uh, uh, they used to call that soft skills. And I was trained in uh, voice and accent, uh, how to talk, how to go, and all of those things. Uh, everything was very new for me. So first few months, I just didn't know what I was doing. So my first job was wearing a headset, putting in, you know, uh, kind of some uh, digital tabs and calling for payments. So looking at your career journey, one thing that I'm realizing is that your first job does not define how your life or your career would look like. Never. It, it, it does not. It should not. So we should not worry about it that much. We should not. We should not. As I said, that it may happen. It may not happen. Right. Uh, what is important is not uh, losing focus or losing sight of where you want to end up after 10-20 years, right? 
it can be you want to end up uh, with a lot of money or doing something or being there or being in a country or being with your family whatever the goal the career the journey is set by you alone uh, mm. others around you beat your mentors beat your teachers guides be uh, you know organizations like future ends uh, corporates like us all can facilitate that journey but to each individual here each of you uh, the journey starts with you it is your journey yeah. your career you decide where you want to go everything else will fall in place or you will work hard so that those things fall in place Perfect. i think understanding that is very important uh, and and across i mean once my genetics did not happen to me right. that is where i think i realized that okay you know this is not the first time and these things will happen that mm. i want something i will not get it yeah. but that yeah. does not mean that the the world ends and how can we make best of what we have so either you can you know uh, give a shape to something that somebody else has given you or you take and you know shape up your own journey so i think either way uh, you should have the confidence or build the confidence over a period of time to uh, you know follow the the journey follow the uh, vision that you have for yourself so so kashik a lot of people here right and this is one thing a question that most of you ask me that there are two kinds of companies that i can do a job in one is a very big mnc which has hundreds of offices across the world billion dollars and the other is a startup which is part of this india story india digital story which is a young company so can you tell us from your experience because on one side you have obviously managed worked in very big mncs but on the other side in some form or the other you have had your own startups so can you tell us from your journey what are some pros and cons of working in a big company versus a startup good question very valid uh, never ending battle uh, we started off so I'll, i'll throw a few terms i think at the end of this sure. session if each one of us each one in this room can keep those uh, one words in mind and work towards it i think that that would be where i feel uh, one of the success metrics right. of this one word i threw in as i came in was change then we spoke about uh, hunger right uh, we spoke about vision ownership uh, the new word i'll throw in in this question is trade off there is always a trade off in whatever we do right we choose a stream a versus a stream b uh, we choose a friend a versus a friend b right uh, we choose uh, a career a versus a career b in this case it is startup versus let's say a corporate there's always a trade off each has its own merits and demerits pros and cons pluses and deltas but at the end of the day what is important is understanding those trade offs and then making an informed decision and then finally uh, staying accountable that you have made the decision and this is where i say that it is very important that you make the decision and not somebody else now startups uh, bring in a lot more uh, vibe excitement uh, on the on the outside of it right uh, the amount of learning that happens because it's not not uh, structured what you try to accomplish building a product selling a product i think there is a lot of iterative uh, strategic thought process that goes into it so whatever you have learned uh, you get to practice uh, that in in a very hands on way in a very uh, free way so that you know uh, your your own inputs you know get in there there's a lot of sweat a uh, lot of rigor goes into it it's not easy to start in a startup uh, and still make a mark right of course uh, you know uh, for many of us what is relevant is there is money uh, money is out there but then everything comes at a cost and this is where i said it's a trade off right uh, long hours uh, you don't know how successful the product at the end of the day is going to be uh, so these are some of the elements which you can 
think and consider. So one pro you're saying is learning to work in a startup. Tremendous amount of it. Tremendous amount. And of one it. con is this work-life balance debate that we are having. Like lot of work. Absolutely. Look, I'll give you my example. Of course, I started with GE, uh, spent about three years in Gurgaon. Uh, then I moved to IBM in Bangalore, then about 10 years with, uh, with Target, all in corporate setup. So by the 15th year of my journey, uh, I had done a lot within the corporate space, big companies, deep pockets, you know, managing businesses of, you know, uh, millions and millions of dollars impact and all of that, right? Uh, but then uh, when Cabbage happened to me, of course, I did not join Cabbage as a fresher. But then I was the person who did not have a second person when the company was being set up. So Cabbage is a fintech unicorn, was a fintech unicorn? Just yes, uh, it was, it's a fintech unicorn uh, based out of Atlanta. We started in Bangalore 2015, uh, 2020, uh, we winded up and finally Cabbage is now an Amex company acquired by Amex. Uh, it, Amex is American Express. Yeah. <clears throat> so that journey, uh, I was with, with Cabbage for about six years. From zero to we went up to 250, uh, across all disciplines, data science, tech ops, and, and prod ops, and all of that. And uh, the amount of learning I had in those five, six years was a lot more than I've had in the previous 15 years of my corporate, right? So on one end, you have learning, you have, uh, you know, if, if many of you have done off-roading uh, with your vehicle, so you can compare it with off-roading or going, you know, in your car in an autopilot, in a, in a highway, right? You are going, you are cruising, you will reach there, things are comfortable, right? And then when you are going for off-roading, um, you have to apply yourself a lot. There is uncertainty. There is a lot of turbulence. Uh, life for me for the first one, one and a half years while setting up of cabbage was extremely difficult both personally and professionally because there were so many unknowns. Uh, can, can I just add one thing? So guys, when he was setting up cabbage, there's a very interesting incident that happened. Someone actually pointed a gun at him. Can you tell us about that? Uh, this is a story I think I should uh, monetize it going forward, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, we were setting up a small office. This was in Indira Nagar, uh, 100 You guys know road. what Indira Nagar is? Yeah. Of course. Right. Checking. Yeah. Because, uh, see, Indira Nagar, 100 feet road, you would know because when we put up the cabbage board, everybody thought it's the new pub in town called Kabage and people <laughs> walked in. Uh, but when we were building the office uh, and it was still being built up and I would be the only person because we had nobody else. I was sitting there hiring, uh, seeing the built up, rubbles and, out and stuff out there. Uh, three, four gentlemen come in uh, from so-called uh, political affiliation and uh, demanded some money. Like, you know, you're setting up an office, you've got a new Airtel connection, uh, you give us some money and uh, I'm like, uh, I don't have any money. And that's when there was a, a local cutter that was kind of pointed at. Um, now when I look back, you and I can sit here, smile about it, uh, but that was very scary and then... Uh, but I, an experience, right? So startups give you that experience that you will never forget. I don't wish that startups give you that experience, <laughs> right? It's not, not, uh, not, uh, not fun. Of course, now it's fun. But I think that's the moment where I can say I did an Oscar-winning performance, bringing in all my vulnerability. Right. You know, I am here I don't know who the, the owners are, they don't pay me and all of that. So it was like brief, uh, two to three minutes, but the most scariest part of my life. Uh, but yes, it happened and uh, it happened because of the startup. It would not happen in a, a regular corporate. But the regular corporate, I mean, when I would uh, call back, you know, my G and target uh, journey, I think the amount of learning I've had uh, in terms of shaping of my leadership values, uh, I think that's something I owe to my target journey, about 10 years. Being in proximity with uh, some amazing leaders. 
and international leaders as well, right? Like globally, I mean, the global exposure that you get uh, to start with. I think, you know, uh, as much as I say that I have learned a lot from Cabbage, but Cabbage was possible because I had spent 15 years with, you know, these big organizations. So this is where your trade-offs come so, in. Learnings from these international leaders, right? Let us say I start in a big MNC. Do you think I will get access to working with international teams at the beginning of my career? Absolutely, yes. And and uh, again, there are a lot of uh, ifs and buts. It depends on the team that you get in. It depends on the portfolio that you get in, uh, whether that's a, a end client facing portfolio or internal. Uh, but if you're curious, if you are uh, able to demonstrate that you are learning and you're impacting, I think the opportunities come uh, pretty fast, right? Uh, when I went to GE, I was absolutely a novice. I did not know anything about this corporate world, but within uh, three to four months, uh, because of whatever reasons, I was able to make an impact and I kept changing roles. I think one thing that happened well for me because I was so curious and I was able to experiment, and more importantly, and this is probably very valid for uh, this group here, uh, what's important is if we do not have the baggage I will not do it. I don't like this. I think that is something I would encourage all of you to not have at least for the first two to three years, right? Uh, if you have the skill, any learning, any exposure you get uh, brings in that learning. Take that because whatever you are learning comes into play. Like uh, when I when I took up cabbage, and this is a personal experience, when I took up cabbage, I did not know what a, a corporate governance is, like how to run an entity in what is corporate governance for people who don't know? Can you explain in very simple terms? It's not functional. Like you talk about business operations where you have a process. You are talking about, you know, technology operations, writing a code. So these are functions in a, in a different uh, company, right? And then you have your administrative stuff, right? Ghar kaise chalta hai? So you have, uh, right now if I look at it, right, you know, or, or if we look into the college. Can you explain from a college viewpoint, college versus a corporate, mm -hmm. how it is structured because people will relate more to it. Absolutely. So, they go college may you have, you know, you go to the class. Usually when we think of a college, we see a, a classroom or a, you know, seminar room and then we have, you know, our guides, our coaches coming in and talking about it. Usually, you know, that's the setup we think about. Kabhi Kabhi, there's a bigger auditorium and we, we gather like this. But there is a lot of infrastructural governance uh, and administrative stuff that happens, right? Uh, there, are, there are a lot of staff that, you know, come in here, both teaching and non-teaching. Uh, you have a lot of different curriculums happening. You have relations to maintain internally and externally. So there's a lot that happens just beyond that teaching activity. Teaching, there is a core activity. Teaching, education, curriculum, or uh, you know, kind of imparting that is a core activity. But then in and around, there are so many peripheral stuff that happens. And to make that happen is a huge task. I mean, at one point, you know, I'm sure we all should be uh, grateful and express a gratitude to all the uh, administrative staff that keeps things uh, running. I mean, they keep the lights on, and since they keep the lights on, and this includes your housekeeping, this includes the person who guards your doors, uh, this includes your, you know, finance guys who make things happen, there's a lot that needs to happen to just keep that core uh, activity happening. So uh, I did not know anything of that, that how to run a company. I knew how to take a business, improve it, generate money out of it, give an impact, you know, be it uh, data analytics or be it technology operations or be it product, uh, 15 years, uh, you know, down my career. But uh, when I went to Cabbage, it was me and Google and we did not even have anybody else helping me out. So I think that learning was very different, but the confidence uh, that I had to get into that journey came from my exposures I had at Target or G's or IBM's. 
whenever, uh, so I had a core role in these organizations, and this is what I was trying to tell, that you will have a core role, but then there are a lot of learnings that you get outside the core role. Like sometimes my uh, you know, uh, senior VP in Target would tell me that, hey, I want to do a, a town hall of 500 people, and this was very early, like I was like two or three years in the organization, uh, and I need someone to own it and arrange it. Now that was not my core role, that was not my day job, right? But uh, getting that uh, problem statement to a result uh, needed a lot of collaboration, coordination, uh, thinking of, okay, what should happen? Uh, and, and there's a lot of, I would say, uh, wireframing that goes in, connections that go in. I think getting there and a lot of learning through those experiences, or at some point, you know, uh, one of my leaders would say that I, this is my cost center, uh, and can you help me run my cost center and ensure that my expenses are, and that was, again, not my job. But since I had interest in learning and picking up those small things, Later, when Cabbage happened, each of those granules through my GE or IBM or Cabbage days, each of them came into play. And now, because I had been through a Cabbage experience and a corporate experience, these roles uh, are probably, you know, you know what, I can plug in, pull in that example from that journey and can, you know, uh, kind of modify and give it here. So, every experience is important. Do not have the baggage of that this is uh, not my work. I did not study to you know, come and do this. Uh, first three, four years, invest. Invest in yourself, building the brand, building those blocks. Uh, after three, four years, you will figure out, no, this comes easy to me. Sometimes we are mystified uh, when we are in college, and I was too, like, you know, uh, and whatever I studied till my post-grad didn't work out for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, one of the other things, and I think, you know, uh, this is more personal, I shared with you last time, uh, till my post-grad, um, I used to stammer a lot. Uh, in my post-grad, uh, we had to present a paper on uh, Olive Ridley Turtles. We had a project and, you know, this is more for the curriculum. But I had to present in front of 250 people in Presidency College. Uh, it was an afternoon, I could not even utter a single word. Uh, so coming from there, uh, you know, working on uh, the deficiencies and working on, uh, you know, sitting here talking so to you. So how, how did you do that, right? Because a lot of people here, they keep watching these YouTubers, these influencers, and think that, why can't I speak like them? But then they are scared or I don't know what is happening. They, they think they are not good enough. So what should you tell them? What would you tell them? How do they work on their public speaking abilities? Three or four things, pretty basic. One, first, it starts with belief. That believe, yes, in yourself. believe in yourself. It, it will happen, right? And if you don't believe in yourself, uh, the thing I just told you, it's not a story, it's real life. I am here. Uh, I don't think I've, I've stuttered a single time till the time I'm here, right? Yes. Uh, it still happens at times, right? It's not completely gone, but I know when it's coming and I know how to mask it. But there was a time where I would not be able to speak even a single word in like wow. 30 seconds or 20 seconds. So it has happened, uh, right? So it starts with belief. Then it starts with uh, very structurally figuring out how to work on it, right? And, and public speaking is very, very mystified. It's just about like a cycling or swimming. The more you practice, the more you get master at it. And I think it starts with shedding off the inhibition, key, you know, uh, that, that fear. The fear is always there. Um, even today, when I, when I was walking in, I was like, okay, how is it going to go? That's always there and a bit of fear is very important because otherwise you feel like you're overconfident, right? So a bit of that, that uh, you know, tingy nerve is, is very important, but it starts with the belief that uh, it, it is possible. Human mind is, is, has got tremendous abilities. But now when we talked about human mind, there is another mind that we are all very worried about is this artificial intelligence, AGI, that... You know, we were just discussing before you came 
that how by the time these guys graduate, the world they live in would be different, would not be the same. The jobs they would do would be different. So now first, firstly, according to you, for these guys, if you could really, really simplify what is actually artificial intelligence, most of them already know, but they would love to hear your perspective. And how do you think that will change the lives of all of us around us? Interesting question. Uh, the debate never ends. Uh, but to simply start with, uh, pick those two words, artificial and intelligence. Uh, intelligence is something where things can happen without being told, right? And artificial is the way we, we define that there is no human intervention. And that's on the face of it. But if we kind of peel it off, if we lift the hood, uh, what's the reality of it? I mean, we hear a lot. We heard a lot uh, when we had, you know, uh, the big data coming in, right, or blockchain coming in. And then, uh, again, in our days when quality and Six Sigma came in. And these are all, guys, um, a tool in the toolbox at the end of the day. And this is how I see it. This is my personal POV, that artificial intelligence is a tool. It's a tremendously powerful tool, right? Uh, at the end of the day, it's still a human who's deciding where it needs to be used, how it needs to be used, and what is going to happen. Now, what it does is, in a very smart way, reduces a lot of human effort. You talk about self-driving cars, you talk about uh, assistance. I'm, I'm sure many of us use the Siri's and Alexa's of the world, right? Uh, in some shape or form, they are also uh, a form of uh, intelligence, right? But what is important is understanding how to use this tool. Uh, you know, nuclear energy as well is a very powerful tool and we have both the uses and diseases of it. Uh, today, as much as we talk about artificial intelligence, uh, it has got many, many ways where we can use it for uh, improving our lives, moving our lives forward, but there are many ways where it can be retrogressive as well. And I think what is important is understanding uh, what the elements of it are and, and being responsible in where we are using artificial intelligence. It's not a, a demon. It's not going to take jobs away. You sure? I'm sure. They should not be worried. Nobody should be worried because if you are worried about artificial intelligence, you should be worried about change. And if you are worried about change, then you are not moving forward. Right? Change is going to happen. How many of us here have used uh, postage stamps? Uh, I I'm, I'm talking about just the just the you know uh, college crowd. I'm sure uh, I, I see you know uh, some. Yeah, of course, I'm sure you must have used it. I mean, in my first, so you asked about the first job, right? Yeah. Few of my first job applications to government jobs were looking at the newspaper, uh, taking a printout, putting it in a postage envelope, putting a stamp, and posting yeah, it. We've never done I'm talking about uh, mid 90s, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we are a generation who saw those old dialer phones, you would put zero and it would all come back. And now we are talking about augmented reality and we have seen the length and breadth of it. If we were not able to grasp this change, we would not have been here. Right? Today we all have a mobile phone. I'm sure 80%, uh, how many of us here do not have a mobile phone with you right now? I mean, it can be the case. I'm just doing a stock check. Yes. Phones are there, right? We have used phones. We are very used to our phones. Uh, in general, if we do not uh, have uh, connectivity, either mobile or WhatsApp or whatever, we feel like we don't have something. We feel handicapped. We feel handicapped, right? We feel, right? But there was a time where we could do a lot more without having phone. So it is, but we have adjusted. You know, human beings uh, have adjusted a lot with the improving technology. Just think AI as another step towards that. 
if you fear it you will not be able to be friends with it it's important to be friends with it it's important to understand how it's going to make a difference right uh, as a parent i had to learn uh, chat gpt so that uh, i could help my daughter when i don't have time to do her projects wow. so uh, had to learn right i mean so this is where the hunger point comes in that if you are moving forward in your career technology is something you have to embrace along with so technology think of it as a change uh, it will change every 2 to 3 years today we are talking about ai after 3 years something new will come then another thing will come and you have to constantly stay on top of it understand the pluses and deltas of it and and figure out how you can use it first of all how you can learn uh, not necessarily you have to go into the coding level of it i mean i at this point cannot go down to uh, coding ai or you know building those uh, prompts and stuff but just understanding how i can use it if tomorrow uh, i want to have a self driving car whatever i need to know what are the pros and cons of it so understanding is very important then it's a choice whether you uh, use it for and, and how you use it perfect so i think coaching one last question from my side before i open the floor for any questions that the folks have if you had to sort of retrospect from your journey or from the other leaders that you have seen what are some mistakes you think people should not do because you have seen many people do that so that you know these guys when they're 18 19 someone as senior as you can tell it to them probably they'll take it more seriously i think you know so i have made a lot of mistakes i think if i go back in one of my very early interviews when i was trying to come out of ge and get a better job with a better package and stuff uh, i went into an interview and a very senior person was taking it and i uh, in 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 an attempt of glorifying my achievements i ended up pulling down my boss and my team right uh, and this was probably the second year of my career and the reason i bring this out is just to instill that whatever you do whether you are an entrepreneur uh, doing your own stuff following your own dreams or you are in a, a corporate working for somebody else uh, it's always it's always a teamwork uh, never ever disrespect or uh, do not have a uh, you know thing of uh, i am not grateful for this for uh, the teamwork because it's a team which make things happen and uh, have this in you, you when you are in a in a corporate or when you go in uh right uh, try to understand how you can play a role uh it's very similar to how you do it in a family when you go home like you know what um, this is not my job i'll not do it you try and help your your folks you know your parents your siblings and try and do whatever you can i think uh, having that feeling of team and understanding that no success no milestones uh, no accomplishments is individual i'm sure many of us uh, here idealize uh, you know as sports persons or uh, media you know movie stars or or other big figures and this is what you keep hearing you know from them like uh, no success is achieved uh, by a single person individually without the help from the others um, even in a game of cricket you cannot even score a single run without the other person running for you right so uh, understanding that is is very important uh, and i think uh, staying staying authentic uh, to you know uh, what you believe in uh, i remember another interview where uh, i i was asked very early it was my first year uh, i wanted to come out of gs i was giving a lot of interviews uh, very early i was asked like what if you do not uh, you know uh, score this interview like you you get through it and i i remember i don't remember what i said but i remember i spoke with true authenticity ki uh, this is how i will approach it 
and I think that resonated well. I made sure Edward did not take up the job. So my my nugget here for you guys is uh, whatever you do, have a very strong conviction, have a very strong belief, and be authentic to yourself. You can, in an interview, uh, cook up a story, right? But uh, if you cannot follow the story for a long time, uh, yeah. you you have to be authentic. You have to be very true to what you want. And in today's world, uh, I think there are multiple ways of uh, practicing how you can ace interviews, how you can ace conversations, difficult conversations, curveball questions, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, be be open. I think being open, being hungry to learn more, uh, that's very important. And things will change around you. Things will happen where things don't happen the way you want it. Uh, so be open to get that unsettled uh, feeling and when it happens don't get unsettled things will come back things will happen for a reason perfect thank you thank you so much for watching guys a big big round of applause for watching this is phenomenal